Hello, my name is Gary. And my name is Simon. And this is episode 28 of EV Musings, a podcast about electric vehicles and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On our podcast today, we'll be taking a look back over the last 12 months and picking our highlights from the EV and renewable world. But before we get started, I want to ask you, Simon, did you see that the MG ZS EV got a five-star safety rating, even though the similar fossil fuel version only got three stars? <laughs> it is interesting that recently, you know, the the point of removing, you know, I suppose a, a fossil fuel engine that burns combustible fuel makes a car safer. Who Who would have thought? Ridiculous. I, I mean, they've obviously allowed for better crumple zones because of that, and you know, the low mounted battery um, aids in the side impact. But it's got to be that. I mean, you, you're taking two of the fundamental big things: the engine, which has got oil in it, and the fuel tank, which has got combustible fuel in it, and you're taking those out of the equation and putting a much safer, lower center of gravity battery-based car in its place so it's interesting i can i I think these are only going to get better especially the ones like this one obviously you've got an equivalent avenue of a fossil fuel one that is is being sold alongside the electric one and yeah yeah it's it's interesting but you kind of kind of all would have thought as well that they'd look at that and go maybe we should make our uh, fossil fuel cars either non-existent or actually safer well, you think so, but, uh, you know, I do find it interesting how they've got the same basic design, the same basic footprint, and yet it's two whole safety stars better than the mm. underlying fossil fuel. And as you say, they've done something, whether it's the fact that the engines come out and they've got better crumple zones or, or you know, the lower mounted batteries. I'm not bothered how they've done it. I'm just glad they have. And it's another example of EVs being superior to internal combustion engines. Absolutely. Our feature topic today Well, it's the last 12 months. Personally, the last 12 months have been very interesting for me from an EV or renewable point of view because, amongst other things, I got my first electric car. I moved to a renewable energy supplier. I started a podcast about EVs and things that are interesting to EV owners, along with you, Simon. So I wanted to pick on a couple of the highlights and maybe remind listeners of some of the great things that happened. As we were putting this list together, I realised that it was actually quite a pivotal year for EVs. This was the year the Tesla Model 3 was released in the UK and Europe. It was the year that longer range EVs became the norm, the I-Pace, the Kona, the EQC, e-Nero, e-Tron, etc. And it was the year that a lot of the major charger rollouts started to occur. It also meant it was quite difficult to pick specific highlights of the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, there has been some some absolutely great highlights as well. I mean, those obviously you've you've mentioned, Gary, and you know, I've really got into electric cars and electric mobility in in general this year. From I think it's now almost coming up for two years. Next year, I've owned my electric car. Started a YouTube channel a year and a half. That seems to be gaining some some ground. You know, some of the events and people that we've met this year have just been just been amazing. You know, it's I don't know about you. But like not knowing anything really too much about electric cars or electric transport and things like that and not you know having this kind of wider circle of we always call it like the electric family but it is exactly that over this last sort of year and a half to almost two years it's the amount of people that you and myself have have met has just been amazing it has well let's get into things shall we what's what's your first highlight of the year so my first one i think has got to be the thousand kilometer journey in a small battery ev (laughs) indeed and obviously we've got a whole podcast episode about this but i think what it 
proved, amongst other things, that was it can be done. People talk about, yeah, you've got a small battery, you can go a long way. <laughs> well, actually, you can, and the infrastructure was there. We didn't have any issues with the chargers. Didn't and kill each it other. Was just the, we didn't kill each other, no. no. I'm sure you came close to me at some point, but uh, <laughs> there we go. You know, what, what was the thing that stuck out to you specifically about that uh, journey? Well, that one was, I've always wanted to do a, a, a long-range journey in my BMW i3. The first floor was, all, was always going to be Dundee, going up to Scotland and things. And then, obviously, you mentioned around doing this. I had the, an idea around the YouTube thing. So we decided to sort of combine it. But the highlight for me was how easy it was. It, it was almost, yes, we'd done a bit of planning. Yes, we'd had, like, one kind of, I suppose, charger and then a, a secondary backup charger. But that was it. You know, no, no more, you know, not a massive amount of planning. And yet... We'd done this huge journey in one day, and for the majority of it, I didn't feel feel tired at all. I was expecting more issues in terms of the chargers, but it just wasn't the case at all. Obviously, I think one of the highlights and lowlights, I suppose, really is that getting stuck in the West Midlands. It was almost like you just could not get out of bloody Birmingham. <laughs> um, and there was at one point, it was like, you know, I don't know about you, but it was at one point we were looking around going, right, there's a sign there that says roadblocks. There's a sign there that's roadblocks. It's like, if I see one more road that's flipping blocked, it's like I'm going to get in a canoe and swim out at this rate because it was ridiculous. Oh, and the weather as well was the uh, oh. the big issue because we, we basically had those two issues. Those were the only two things that caused us atrocious weather, not particularly warm, headwinds, <clears> tailwinds, <throat> driving rain, not being able to get out of the West Midlands, mm. East Midlands, wherever it was. And I think the only quote-unquote charger issue we had was that the Fastnet charger in not Sunderland so was... Fast, <laughs> not so Fastnet. Not so Fastnet, yeah. <laughs> I think we topped out at... 33 kilowatts. Yeah, that was speed, I think, very I disappointing there. Even, you know, even when we've had, was it Shell? I think we had, you know, over 40. Um, yeah. And most of the others we had over 40. And considering these were 350 kilowatt chargers, it was ridiculous that we got that low. For me, one of the highlights this year was obviously fully charged live at Silverstone. Now, you've been there for a couple of years yeah. running. This was my uh, first one. But I, I love the whole setup of it, the Tesla taxi service, the fact that, you know, the whole thing was on two floors. You had all the exhibitions downstairs, all the vehicles, and, you know, there was so much to do, so much to see, and it was just so well run. You know, we had, obviously, um, the start of some of the uh, EV groups. Um, you know, prime example, I think it was mainly Kent, Sussex, and Surrey, and they'd had a stand, and they had a stand outside, now, at this particular time of year, should have been a bit more sunnier. But the, the problem is it was in the paddock. And last year, the paddock and the sunshine was blazing hot sunshine. So it was glorious. This year, not so much. So there's a picture, and this is almost like infamous now, where Neil from the um, Sussex EVs just standing in the rain under this little gazebo. And it's it just sums up dedication to evs and the show in like in so many ways for that show i'm doing a metaphorical salute to neil roberts <laughs> it, as we speak in, indeed you know neil you're an absolute legend 
I particularly liked some of the cars that were on display there that were not the run-of-the-mill hmm. EVs. These were generally cars that had been converted from internal combustion engines. There was a, um, an old Aston Martin there, one of the original DB versions. But my favourite was the DeLorean. Oh, yes. Uh, complete with the flux capacitor and everything on there. It was a, a, a very well-done implementation hmm. of a, a transfer from internal combustion to electrified power i thought it was very very well done that was good and then i think in the same garage they had the ferrari as well the old the old ferrari that was converted to electric uh, which was just absolutely a beautiful thing and then obviously we had the new peugeot 208 i think that was the uk debut wasn't it i believe it was or very very close yeah. to it good looking car yeah uh, if you're a big fan of peugeot's then i think that's going to sell by the bucket load yeah depending on what the range ultimately and, ends up being yeah. and whether that fits with what people want. On the subject of range and charging, he says in a fantastic segue, <laughs> that was also where BP Charge Master revealed the new 150 kilowatt charging unit, which they're going to roll out. Uh, although, ironically, they haven't actually used that particular version uh-huh. in any of the 150 kilowatts that, uh, units that they've implemented since fully charged live but we you know we're not going to complain about it but there we no go. i just, you know I, I like the fact that they're rolling rolling them out i really wish they'd have used that original ginormous charger it kind of reminded me of one of those old sort of 50s uh, american fuel pumps I, i'd have loved to have seen that like you know masses of those on like the four cores but yeah like i said the rolling them out is good it's just a shame they didn't quite use that model We'll come back to charging a little bit later yes. on in this uh, episode, but talk to me about the scooters and the skateboards. So many scooters are, uh, are fully charged live this year, but I suppose really this was the year when both skateboard scooters and you know things like one wheels and e-mobility in general really came to the forefront. I started riding electric skateboards, so grand old age of 46, what a complete nut job. And, you know, obviously the comedy can be uh, followed on my YouTube channel for me falling off it. But um, a, f- a fully charged live, you know, they showed a reasonable selection of scooters. Now, obviously, there's still a very grey area in terms of the legality of these at the moment. But it just shows that both the show and, you know, the industry is moving not just ahead in, in cars, but like for those last mile travel vehicles. So scooters in general. So it was good to see those on display. And I'm hoping actually the next year one, they they kind of expand on that. But there were some good ones. They were reasonably priced, depending on where you sat, whether you were right at the kid's end where, you know, you just wanted it for a bit of fun, all the way up to an off-road scooter, which had the price to accompany it, but it was a mental looking thing. I hope you took a test drive on a couple of them. Oh, I did, yes. Cars are great, but to be honest, I'd rather have less cars on the road than have some more of that type of stuff. On a personal level, the last 12 months were the first for me living with an actual electric car. Mine was delivered the 12th of December last year, so it's just gone over one year. Uh, 10,500 miles, grand total in running costs of just under £500. Not bad. Not bad for a whole year's uh, running. I got a top range on a a 30 kilowatt hour sole. Top range of 130 miles in summer. That's now down to what we would expect in winter of you know 100 105 and overall could not be happier with uh with that particular vehicle thoroughly enjoying it yeah it's it's good actually isn't it i mean uh, both of us in realistically were quite new for electric cars but i think over the last year the car themselves actually have probably taught you quite a lot around you know ownership of an electric car and 
uh, obviously got you in, in involved and interested in it and stuff as well. But yeah, I mean that's can't complain about running cost really. Before we move on to the next topic, I'd like to have a, a, I suppose a shout out around the EVs in the park. So EVs in the park, for those that don't know, is a I suppose the biggest UK electric vehicle show. I would say, or festival. For the last several years, it's been held in Coventry. Uh, it's run by a chap called Craig Tung, who uh, runs the Reynolds Zoe Club as well. This year just seemed to get bigger. So last year, which was my first time going there, was, I would say, probably like 120-odd cars. So big field, 120 electric cars, all enthusiasts, everyone talking to each other, a lot of fun, a lot of sort of chat and stuff like that. This year, I think he, he must have come close to 300 and we pretty much filled the entire Coventry. There's like a big park within a uh, memorial park in, in the middle of Coventry. He filled most of that this year. And it was it's so nice because it's such a family-friendly type place. So even if you're, you know, if you, even if you're just curious or you don't own one or, you know, you just want to come along or you just happen to be in the park, everyone was so friendly. And, you know, it was like, you know, anyone that came up and wanted to know about your, your car and the running costs or how your charger and electric car or just looking at the cars themselves it was just such a nice event and and this year was i think quite a bit bigger for me just because i'd gone to the first one and met a few people and then over the course of the year i'd met so many people and most of those people were at that festival so it was good and it was that kind of everyone together in one place and having a lot of fun so i was gutted i couldn't actually make it to evs in the park this year uh for Pretty much for all the reasons that you just said there, mm. the ability or the the um, chance, the option of meeting a lot of these people that uh, you converse with on social media to be part of an event like that would be fantastic. But you know, from a, a timing point of view, it clashed with something else, yeah. and I uh, couldn't get out of it, unfortunately. So I want to talk a little bit then about the rollout of new charges that have occurred. Certainly over this last year, we've seen quite a few. So we've got like the new Ngini chargers for a start in a rollout. Thirty-one new locations breaking ground this month, several of which will be up uh, and running very shortly. A new six-charger hub in Stratford was just announced. Engineer are also sponsored the Hearts EVs, which um, uh, myself and uh, Rob Shaw run. And we uh, we had them uh, along uh, to somewhat sponsor us at the first event in Welling. And they've also sponsored Kent EV uh, when they met at the Poppy Field by switching the chargers to free. So they've, they've been really good and really supportive of that. So, um, Gary, what's your, what's your thoughts about Engineer first of all? Because they've made quite a splash in recent months, it seems. They have, and I was recently at the official unveiling of the new chargers that Ingenia have put in at my local, well, it's it's like a little hub, it's, mm. it's a couple of chargers down at Fleet uh, in Hampshire, and I got an opportunity to chat with a couple of the representatives of Ingenia who were there. They they came out in, in a little bit of force, actually, mm. which was... Uh, which was good. I like the company. I like the products. They they provide chargers which generally work. They generally put two in each location, yeah. although not always. And I will have a discussion in a future topic about uh, in a future podcast about why that is because they went through with me in some detail about how they define and decide where to put locations, what the criteria are, and whether they did they put singles or doubles, etc. So, and it's quite an interesting discussion to have, but we won't have that here. Yeah. But, um, you know, the fact that they're they're doing the work, they've got people out there constantly looking for new potential locations. The, in fact, I spoke with the guy whose responsibility was 
to actually locate and speak with the landowners to actually get the permission to go and speak to them to tell them what the you know the business proposal is mm. because i don't know whether you know but ingenie cover the cost of the implementation they cover the capex they cover the running costs and they do a profit share with whichever company it is that are actually providing the land so good. for the marston's pubs for example it costs marston's nothing mm. to have them installed and they get a cut of the profits profits or income i'm not sure but they yeah. get a cut of of the money uh, so it's a no-brainer yeah, basically yeah, yeah. for someone like Marston's to to do something like that. So Ingenie, fabulous company. They recently came top of um, lists of you know the best charge providers in the uh, country. All the usual suspects were on there, but for some of the reasons I've just talked about, Ingenie came out way up there. Now the next one who came up were our good friends BP Charge Master, and of course they have recently started rolling out the 150 kilowatt chargers. Yeah, And you and I went down to the quote-unquote mini hub, <laughs> which has the uh, four chargers down at Hammersmith. How did we uh, enjoy that? That was really good. I mean, me and you went down there, and uh, the setup is really good, I think. You know, and it's anyone that hasn't been to this one, this particular BP garage is quite a big forecourt, so there's quite a lot of room for these four big 150 kilowatts. And they also had a 50 kilowatt, which unfortunately at the time wasn't working it was interesting when we turned up or certainly when i i met you all of a sudden there was like a flood of taxis that turned up because they knew it was on free charge and they knew that this new charger had gone live so they were all like you know charging away it seems a good location but I, I even when it goes off free i don't know if that's happened yet it still worries me that those taxis may hog of those chargers but the setup was good the price was reasonable for you know these speed chargers now it seems to be quite quite the norm in terms of the cost it was easy to use and generally you know the the services are kind of what you expect now from you know the actual garage shop you know they're they're not spectacular but you can get a reasonably decent coffee and and something to eat so you know it, it has I think generally the stuff that you need there, they just maybe need to consider that a little bit more of the amenities that are, are at these sites. They're finally doing what they said that they were going to do. And if they're putting these in, they're, they're big money, aren't they? Those charges are not cheap. So any they put in are obviously obviously great, but there has to be um, that taken into consideration that there's a, there's a lot that goes into getting these up and in and planned and stuff. The trifecta when it comes to charging companies, obviously, and Genie, BP Chargemaster and Instavolt, and they have also this year embarked on quite an aggressive and impressive rollout of charges. I mean, this month alone, they've put 36 new charges in at 13 different locations, including, I believe, Welsh Wales, which is we'll talk about that in a in a little bit because it's a little, it's something of a a dry spot when it comes to chargers. Yes. Uh, Instavolt have also started to upgrade or implement the brackets 125 kilowatt chargers. Uh, they're not actually 125 kilowatts. They're 62 and a half kilowatts, but they put two of them in the same location and then connect them yeah. with um, a cable, which allows effectively 125 kilowatts to uh, to come through. Again, one of the best kinds of chargers there is out on the market Wet contactless, quick, reliable. That's the big thing. I mean, I've I've used. I'll be honest. I haven't used a huge number of intervals, and I've only ever had one that didn't charge up. But because there's always two at a location, I just moved to the next one, and it was it wasn't a problem. Yeah. 
So, you know, we've we've had the Ingenia rollout. We've had the 150 kilowatt BP Charge Master rollout. We've had the Instavolt rollout. Podpoint have obviously decided they're going to go in and put chargers at some of the larger Tesco yeah. sites. Ionity have come into the UK. They've put a couple out in, including uh, up at the Milton Keynes hub. Yeah, that was uh, interesting. I'm a friend of the podcast, Gary Wales, has taken delivery of his Model 3. I was out in it today. And after Christmas, we're going to do a quick run up to Milton Keynes and try out the Ionity charges there. So Excellent. hopefully, so by the time you listen to this, we should have actually been out and done that, which is good. Yeah, no, that's good. That's interesting with the Ionity as well, because obviously them turn up in the MK hub was a bit of a surprise. And now more of a surprise that they're starting to turn up in some motorway services like Peterborough. We uh, did hear that they had big plans for the rollout and they've done a couple of locations. I don't think they've done anywhere near as many as they originally promised. Mm. But to be fair, they've also been rolling out huge numbers on the continent. So, you know, we've got to cut them a little bit of slack. And now... The EV Musings Twitter account, Musings EV, tends to retweet any notifications of new rapids that are put out by the main players. So, you know, if you follow us on Twitter, you can get a an update. The one thing that it that we do have to say when it comes to charges is there's still a few black spots in the country, areas where the charges are few and far between. Central Wales is an example. Parts of Devon are uh, devoid of charges and large amounts of Norfolk. I mean, if you get to Norwich itself, it's not bad. But outside of, you know, Norwich, there's there are gaps, yeah, shall we say. Indeed. Let's, uh, I suppose, let's address the elephant in the room. And it's a sizable elephant with really large feet uh, that don't seem to be making um, much progress on uh, anything. So, Ecotristy or Ecotrusty, as I like to uh, like to call them, they've made zero progress this year. We were promised last year that big plans, upgraded uh, chargers, better software on these, and just generally a, a better service. In that time, one new charger has been implemented in Oxford Services, um, currently rated at 5.5 on PlugShare due to issues. Zero progress everywhere else. The question is, is it time to go, Ecotrusty? I think everybody agrees now they're holding up the progress Big time. of charger rollouts because they've got the hold on motorway service areas. So they need to either put the money where the mouth is or get out of there and let somebody else do it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this has gone on far too long and we've both had our various rants at, in, at different outlets for this. It's such a shame. And I've said this time and time again, and other people, other YouTubers and people on that have said this, none of us wanted Ecotricity to fail at all. In fact, we wanted it to succeed because obviously it benefits EV drivers and new EV drivers. But the fact that they had this stupid monopoly and grip on the motorway services, which meant other companies couldn't come in, and uh, we know that Tesla paid a sizable amount of money to them to allow access so they can put their um, superchargers in. I don't know where that money has gone because it certainly hasn't gone on their infrastructure. They've just made lots of promises and not delivered on any of it. And now all this infrastructure is coming around and obviously some of the stuff that we've we've just mentioned. And it's it's looking embarrassing for this one great pioneering company that was at the forefront is now so far down and so far removed from their end users um they they can't compete their service is bad they just need to move aside personally i can see over the next year i don't think ecotricity is going to be a thing 
Moving on, one of the highlights of the year for me was the proliferation of EV groups around the country. I don't know the exact numbers that exist, but personally, I've been to meets held by groups in Sussex, Surrey, Oxford, Kent and Hampshire, sometimes twice to uh, each of those, generally in the uh, nice weather between May and October. Yep. Uh, I find they're always very well attended. There's good discussions that take place. There are a lot of people who bring their cars. That was the first place I saw a brand new Model 3. And in fact, of all the Model 3s I've seen, 90% of them have been at EV meets and have been purchased within or picked up within 48 hours of that meet. So it's not like somebody's had them for a while and then thought, oh, I'll take them to... uh, you know, to the guys down at Sussex EVs. No, it's a case of, I picked it up yesterday, I brought it straight here so you could all have a look at it. Yeah, yeah, it was quite amazing. Uh, and there was one, was it Surrey or one of the Surrey ones? Mm-hmm. Like three of them turned up and it was like, you know, kid in a candy store time, wasn't it? It's like, which colour do we get in first? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to shout out to, uh, we've already mentioned him once, Neil Roberts and uh, Leanne from Sussex EVs. They've been very instrumental in setting up the whole nexus the the ev group mm. nexus and they've always made us everybody feel very welcome at every event that's yeah there. absolutely i don't think we'd be where we are today without those two individuals although there are lots of other people who've been very very actively involved yourself included simon with the uh, the heart cvs group yeah but even that i don't think i would have started it to be honest had i not met neil and leanne either you know that you think the literally the whole country no matter where you live there is an ev group now yeah. and that all started with sussex evs no matter where you go you know these some these groups are just growing and it shows that evs are coming on but yeah absolutely i mean when i first turned up out nowhere i was made to feel so welcome and just you know this is what we're doing it for it's not for anything other than getting more people into evs it was yeah brilliant stuff And talking of getting people into EVs, I've mentioned him already on the podcast, Gary Wales, friend of the podcast. I took him to the Oxford meet. He went out in your uh, i3. We sat him in a Tesla. He went for a drive in that. We gave him a launch. Two weeks later, he put an order down and he's now the proud owner of a, a Model 3. And I know there are other people who've turned up at EV meets who have kind of been curious but haven't bought one. And then after speaking to people... They've gone out and made a purchase. Maybe not a, a Tesla. Might have been an i3. Might have been a Leaf. It doesn't matter. It's it's getting more people into the vehicles themselves. And you know, people who are new to it, who've come in and said things like, "Well, I've never used a rapid charger. How do they work?" And you know, we've been able to give them that information. That was one of the things I did at, uh, at your first meeting in the um, what was the pub in Welling? Where it was a Marston's one, but yeah, you know, it's again an NGD, but yeah. It it was like you said, it was showing people that even if they've had an EV, they hadn't used a, a fast charger. And we had, like you said, we had people turn up that I think one guy, one chap, he had a Mercedes plug-in hybrid and was mm-hmm. going to it and he just wanted to know more. So it, it was it, it was good. And it's places like that, which is less intrusive, I think. And I think more purchases outside of the Tesla, I suppose, group. There's been more people purchased cars and EVs based on the meats rather than anywhere else because it's a nice friendly you're not pressured into buying anything you know it's like look these are all the different type of cars this is how easy it is and 
you know, they, they walk away thinking, oh, okay, yeah, this is this is doable. Of course, one of my highlights for the year was this particular podcast. We're now on 28 episodes and... As I look at our podcast host and pull down a few statistics, there have been over 3,000 individual downloads of the podcast wow. across various streaming platforms, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, etc. The most popular in terms of downloads is episode 20, the roundtable session, followed by episode 24, your first day with an EV. I don't know why that surprised me, <laughs> um, but yeah, to... And in fact, the roundtable one is quite a way ahead of all of the other ones. That was a fun one, actually. Apart from anything, we were all sitting in a car that quickly steamed up and it looked quite sinister from the outside. Other highlights in terms of the podcast is uh, Myths and Legends, which was episode one. Still our number three all-time listened to Mm. um, episode where we talked about some of the... um, misunderstandings and downright lies that are perpetrated (laughs) around electric vehicles. As I said, the roundtable was a highlight for me and whichever episode it was, I think it was episode nine, I think, where we talked about range anxiety or charger anxiety, as we've rechristened it. It's still very much misunderstood and uh, misquoted phenomena. When I talk to people who don't have EVs, that's the first thing that they always say, oh, what's going to happen? What what are you going to do if you run out of electricity? And it's kind of, no, it doesn't happen. (laughs) We also did the Model 3 bonus episode where you and I went to Red Cross and we basically took the audio from your YouTube video and released that out. That got a nice spike when it was first released. All very happy in a red, a nice red shiny new model three on the subject of audio whenever we record an episode i have to go through the audio from simon and myself and remove long pauses and erms and errs to make the episode flow and after one episode i i gathered all these together and i put them into a simple individual small audio file of their own and this is what that sounds like. Um, or, uh, uh, um, I, I would, uh, um, um, people like, yeah, I, I, um, I hope, <laughs> well, I, I don't, uh, um, 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 but the, um, yeah, so I'm, um, I, uh, um, um, so I, um, um, you know, for, um, 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 and, um, um, uh, uh, yeah, the kid, um, so, um, prefer, um, uh, to be fair, um, you know, um, these, um, you know, even, you know, um, uh, um, those uh, either the um 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 and um 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 yeah i mean it's um um uh, you need to uh well uh, it's um and the uh there's some uh, um you know for me if i had one of those um kind of break quickly mentioned it was um as i um <laughs> um so um 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 uh, 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 and you know i when i say it but actually like a pet um uh, um, uh, um, now, um, um, we and, um, uh, you know, there's the, um, like, uh, one of the, these, uh, and before we start to look forward to next year, I want to sort of wrap this up by saying that I want to put social media on my list of highlights, in particular the social media around electric vehicles, because I've met a load of new people, including yourself. Simon on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. I've met a lot of people who I'd only previously seen on YouTube. People like Colin, the plug seeker, and James Coates from um, James and Kate, and and Craig Tung as well. Met him all as a result of following them on Twitter, watching the YouTube accounts, and you know being able to 
meet up with them specifically at some of the EV meets. The other thing I like about social media is the ability to be able to debunk some of these Daily Mail myths that keep coming up. You know, no, the batteries don't need replacing every three years, etc. And it's great when somebody throws that into Ply or a Twitter thread and you can just go in and go, well, no, that's not true and that's not true and that's not true and you're picking all this up from the Daily Mail and etc. etc. <laughs> It's a great community and people are always willing to help. Uh, what are your thoughts, Simon? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this year has seen a great opportunity to meet new people from social media who, you know, usually in normal circumstances, you wouldn't you wouldn't meet. This has led to a great community and friendships over the last year with EV groups and are now, you know, across the UK. And this was only, only continue. I, I, I think I, I echo what you say, Gary. I mean, we've met for the first time when we started a, a, a podcast you know, I met Colin for the first time this year. I met James Coates, Craig, I think I met last year, but only kind of briefly. You know, I've met um, several more YouTubers and, in fact, done collaborations with some of them. Or, you know, James, you know, that uh, does his skateboarding and, you know, does his Tesla YouTube videos and things like that. I met him for the second time um, at EVs in the Park. And actually, this time I had my skateboard. They went out on that and they said, do you want to hang out and just go out on skateboards for a day? So it's, it's stuff like that that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do and do. And yeah, we did film it and stuff, but I done it more because it, it was a lot of fun. But social media, like you said, has played a, a big part in that. It's played a big part in meeting the people that we've both met. And, you know, a lot of friendships and a lot of um, community that's happened over the last year within the EV groups. And like you said, you go onto Twitter, Facebook, wherever it is, and everyone's always willing to chip in you know if there's a new user that comes into the community and it's like oh i don't know how to do this or i've got a problem with that there's never a person that goes don't be stupid you know you should know this it's always how can we help what can we do that's what i like about this more than anything you know people are scared of new technology and things like that so it's it's good that there's a community out there that will just say do you know what either come along to this next meet and we'll talk it through or you know, how can I help? And we've, you know, me and you have both actually gone and met people um, to sort of go through some of these things as well. So mm -hmm. it's good. And I think the more that that community grows, the more we can debunk those stupid myths that keep coming up. And hopefully that education piece will start. So, so as we come to the end of this section of the podcast, let's have a look forward to what we can expect to be happening in the EV and renewable space in the following year, in 2020. Talk to us about some of the potential new cars that are coming out, Simon. Yes, yeah, so we've got many new cars uh, on the horizon. The Honda e, uh, the Porsche Taycan, the Corsa, the ID3, E208, E2008, and potentially the Model Y. Dare I say at this point, I'll still be probably waiting another two years at least for my Cybertruck. So um, that's not next year, but I'm sure there'll be more hype about that next year but i think there's going to be a these are just the ones that are kind of quite in the forefront but we know that that's there's loads more oh the electric mini yeah the electric mini that i went out uh went to see uh recently uh there's one from uh volvo polestar isn't it polestar that's it and so that's yeah. that's due out next year as well there's a few that you know always say that we're competing with like tesla Porsche Taycan being prime example. The Polestar, I think, have, have kind of done that as well. But then you've got quite a long range of like the Honda e and the uh, ID3 and E2 i8, which are all those, those say, BMW i3 uh, replacements. They're the smaller cars, but actually, in most cases, their batteries are either the same or better. 
um, and still a reasonable cost. So I think next year we'll start to see some good tiering of, of costs on cars, certainly the new ones. It's, you know, there's, there's going to be a, I don't want to say reasonably priced, but like, you know, there's, there's going to be a decent price one for the lower end. There's going to be a mid tier, mid tier. And I think then you're going to have your, you know, your top tier, like the Porsche Taycans and things like that. And Model Y, I think if that does come out next year, which I think rumors suggest it will, that should hit some sort of mid range mark as well somewhere. I'm not sure exactly where that's going to hit. I think bearing in mind the Model X is probably still close to a hundred grand. And the Model 3 is, you know, top end spec is about 50, 55, something like that. So mm-hmm. whether they'll sit somewhere in between there or there's a different price model, I don't know. But it'd be interesting to see some of these new ones. And I think next year's going to be quite a big push for electric cars, considering I think the some of the laws change in terms of that next year as well, in terms of the emissions. And one of the other drivers is going to be the reduction of the benefits in kind tax Yes, on vehicles at the moment cars of the price of you know a mid-range bmw can uh, cost three four thousand pounds a year in tax and if you then swap from that to a zero emissions vehicle that goes down to what, zero zero tax on that so from a fleet point of view from a business point of view from a company car point of view, that's going to make it very, very attractive to go towards an electric vehicle and that's going to cause a spike in sales for those as well. Yeah, indeed. We're also going to have, as we mentioned earlier, a continued rollout of new chargers. And Genie, as we've said, they've got 31 sites breaking ground this month right the way across the country and they'll gradually come online throughout the next year we've had the bp charge master rollout of their 150 kilowatt charges at the bp owned petrol stations also ionity we hope will continue their rollout of their high power chargers mm-hmm. instavolt are going to uh, step up as well they've between them i'm expecting the number of rapids in the uk to double over the next year couple of years which is going to be good for everybody and the big question we're going to have is, <laughs> will GridServe get round to actually opening their hub in Braintree? I really hope so. I mean, this is one that I've been looking forward to since, I think, Fully Charged Live or just before when we when we heard about it. And there's been a lot of hype. There's been a lot of marketing spiel. There's been a lot of talk. There was big talk at Fully Charged. But we haven't seen much. And all, all the answers we're getting back now, which is, I don't know whether it's worrying or not, is news is coming. We've, you know, we've got a deal with the site that we're putting it on and things like that. It's like, but this was, I believe, was meant to open around March, April time next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that's the case and they haven't broken ground yet, that's, I can't see that building because these things are going to be huge. And, you know, with uh, over, oh, how many was it? It was, it was a, a silly number of, different charges from 50 to 350 kilowatts and there was quite a fair old few number of them there was renewable energy on site you know when without all that you know all the shop stuff all the all the groundwork all the electricity and everything else that runs on it i I can't see it happening certainly when they said it was going to be but i don't know why whether they've hit a stumbling block or whether they've you know something else has happened but I love the idea. I just wish we could physically see something happening. Time will tell on that one. Time will Indeed. tell. Indeed. So 
let's wrap it up by seeing if there's some cool EV or renewable thing you've come across that we can share with our listeners. My one this week um, is Rolls-Royce. They have now entered the electric plane market. Now, this company, as a lot of people may know, they're not new to planes as they've been making engines for years. But this is first of what they believe is the start of a new electric plane. This one in particular, having a top speed of 300 miles an hour and a 3,000 meter height. Now, this one is, I think, you know, it's obviously very small, nimble. It's aimed at um, trying to get an electric plane with fast speed up in the air and, and working. But it looks really exciting. And actually, if you if you look at the design, and we've, we'll obviously put the link in the notes below, This I could see this competing in the Red Bull uh, races that they have in different countries in the future. It's a tiny little plane with that electric motor and you know a lot of speed and, and things like that. Yeah, I think it's worth just reiterating at this point, we're not talking about Rolls-Royce, the motor car manufacturer. We're talking about yeah. Rolls-Royce Aero, who are the people who provide, at the moment, the engines that power the 747s. Yes, um, indeed. Companies like British Airways run. So they make huge, massive, yeah. powerful... Fossil burning fossil burning ones yeah and now they're looking at basically as you say using this almost as a test bed to improve or validate the technology for electric power plants to fit into planes and yeah. i'm i'm all for it absolutely 100 percent. now it's not a major thing my uh my one cool thing but more electric vehicles were sold in the u.s last year than manual transmission vehicles. <laughs> now, as I say, it's not a huge thing. Manual transmissions account for just yeah. over 1% of new car sales uh, in the US last year. But EVs were heading up rapidly towards 2% of the market. Now, yeah, it's not big, but these are the little stones on which we can build the foundation for growth. And I would assume most of the figures that... that make up that uh, percentage will be the Model 3. Hmm. But it's a start and it's it's heading in the right direction. And the more internal combustion engine vehicles we can get off the road, the better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, I mean, the um, manual transmissions in the US are probably low because a lot of people and anyone that's driven in the States, they're all automatic. It's that shift of tide that we're starting to see. You know, and in the US... That's significant because, you know, obviously that country is based on gas, fossil fuel burning type cars. And, you know, is it, uh, I think we read recently, wasn't it, that, that Tesla is the highest selling car in the States anyway? In a certain bracket, I think. In a certain, yeah, in a certain bracket. So that in itself, in the space of time that they've been going, is a testament to itself. And like I said, they're just going to build on those foundations. And that's our show for today and indeed for this year. Hope you enjoyed yes. listening to it. If you want to contact us, Simon is at... The EV side on both Twitter and YouTube. And I'm the real Gary C on Twitter. If you want to contact us on Twitter, use either of those, or our own EV Musings Twitter account, Musings EV. Don't ask why it's that way around. Just <laughs> just don't. We'll tell you one day, not today. If you wanted a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called So You've Gone Electric. It's available on Amazon Worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent, and it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car. Links for everything we've talked about in the podcast are in the description. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. We're available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it helps with our ratings and the visibility. And it lets us know that people are actually listening to what we say. 
Uh, there is no podcast next week. We're taking just a little break for the new year. So we're back in 2020. Thanks for listening and happy new year, everyone. Have a great new year. See you then. Bye bye. Uh, 